Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Glee Man, Twitch. Welcome back to another episode of The Glee Man's Apprentice. We are moving right along in The Shadow Rising, book four of The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Um, I am your Glee Man, Twitch. How are you? His apprentice, Mandy Cat. How are you today, I'm Mandy? Got out for a morning kayak ride. It's Memorial Day, so... Nice. Hanging out, doing yeah. what you do on Memorial Weekend. So Absolutely like, nothing, right? Yeah, I did a lot of lawn work yesterday. That's got to be something. I mean, I, I, when I said absolutely nothing, I meant like absolutely nothing to do with work. Like Correct. So anyways, um, yeah, we are covering chapter six through eight today. And I actually wanted to switch it up a little bit and do a change of pace. And I wanted to start off this chapter with quoting the first or reading the first couple paragraphs because I enjoy them. Randall Thor, Moraine told the heir in a low, tight voice, is a mule-headed, stone-willed fool of a... a... a man. Elaine lifted her chin angrily. Her childhood nurse, Linny, used to say you could weave silk from pig bristles before you could make a man anything but a man, but there was no excuse for Rand. We breed them that way in the two rivers. Nynaeve was suddenly all half-suppressed smiles and satisfaction. She seldom hid her dislike of the Aes Sedai half as well as she thought she did. Two rivers women never have any trouble with them. From the startled look Egwin gave her, that was a lie big enough to warrant having her mouth washed out. And I wanted to read that because I just, I love the way it starts. Yes, these are... These are filler chapters. Nothing really exciting happens in these next three chapters. But I just like the way it starts out, and there's already conflict, and and it's just been growing over the past few months, and I I just really enjoy it. Plus, I love that that quote: uh, "You could weave silk from pig bristles before you could make a man to be anything but a man." I just imagine trying to weave silk from pig bristles and twitch jumped in without saying the chapter name which is chapter six doorways god damn it and then all i really 
all I wanted to say before I jump in is just I found this a really boring Elaine perspective chapter. Um, there's information, but it's really unexciting other than, yeah, Moraine storming in, which was, it flowed in smoothly from the last chapter because they were trying to question yes. Michael and Joya, and then Moraine just came in furious, basically. Yep. So, so it, it did the flow from five to six was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it really was, and, and uh... I, anyways, I just love that entrance. Yeah, I, it, it was That's why I kind of jumped the gun. We kind of skipped a couple things we normally do. but She's, like, already pissed. She has to be around these teenagers all the time, and now he's just this stubborn mule of a guy, and Nighty is trying to be like, ah that's how we breed them. And Eguine's kind of like, uh, okay. Not really. Um, a little few details. Elaine keeps looking downward, and she's really having all these self-doubt thoughts. Um... And she's even, she, when she notices Joya's not found, she's frightened and wishes she could be as brave as a queen and Nynaeve, and then more doubt about her ability to be queen of Andor someday. Now, I say all that because this is likely foreshadowing that she will find her bravery someday. Not today. <laughs> so. I, um, I would make the argument that she's already a pretty brave person. They, they've already gone through some shit. They've already been captured a few times. They However, what I'm trying to say is she's not feeling it. She's... This is her self-doubt. It's just oozing, and it's really boring to read about. She's 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 afraid. Yeah. But it's like bravery isn't the absence of fear. It's what you choose to do with that fear. So you, so you can that. You can still be afraid, but be brave. You know what I mean? Right, but I'm literally reading what it said in I the know. book, that she wishes she was as brave as Ukraine and I need. I know. So anyway... Moraine announces to Joya that she and Amico will be sent to the White Tower in four days via ship if they provide no new information. And basically, at that point, they may see the traitor's court and a noose. Um, and then I said, unless there's an uprising, you just never know. Oh. So Avienda is sent to go get the guards to accompany the Black Aja back to their cells. And then when the guards do come back, she doesn't return. Everyone's trying to avoid these stormy Aes Sedai. I probably would, too, in all honesty. Yep. Uh, the guards affirm to Moraine, like, she has to double-check with them, like, their kindergartners. There will be 20 men in the guard room, two outside each cell of the Black Aja, and four outside a cell if the door must be open. So this is... They're taking seriously. They're taking precautions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They... Moraine has instilled the fact that these are dangerous women that they are dealing with. Yeah. And she really has tried to instill fear into them so that they will be serious because she doesn't trust these i mean terrans are t twats they're yeah. assholes they they're so arrogant they think they're better than everybody else i can't imagine the guards are any different even though the guards do generally come from like quote-unquote common folk right um even the guards are going to be a little cocky, maybe very cocky We're so of the stone. yeah so she's very much treating him like an ignorant child and I think there's probably a good cause for that. And he does respond well, so I'm not making yeah. fun of this guard, but you can tell. Yeah. Like you said, this is a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of skimming through, Egwene catches on that Elaine's emotions are muddled, and we learn Elaine keeps thinking of things her mother or her nurse Lenny quoted to her, such as, a weeping woman is a bucket with no bottom. I, that one was interesting. Is this the first time we've ever gotten Lenny quotes out of I Elaine's so. mind? I think it is. I think it is. I think so. There's yep. a lot of them. I didn't necessarily write all of them down. 
Yeah. That one I just had to kind of sit and think about. I'm like, okay. Because I think, <laughs> I think we got like one or two perspectives from Elaine in Falm in book two. Yeah. I don't think we got any in book three. I don't think we were in her head at all it in book three. It feels like it's been a while, but... Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think this is the first time we've heard her quote her old nursemaid, Linny. Okay. There's a lot of them. Um, and you can tell Linny was the strict one. And her mom is strict, which is funny. But yeah. you can tell Linny is to be... Because we've heard Gawain refer to the nurse as well, I think. Yeah. Right now, so yep. the nurse can make Elaine do stuff. They need per usual. It's pissed off. She's felt cheated of Moraine's so-called help, having ditched them, and only their third, her third questioner appearance to the Black Aja. At this point, Moraine kind of is chiding Elaine. Pull yourself together. Not every land will have the same custom you were born to. And this is when Elaine reveals that Berlaine had been in Ram's room, and then flushes and looks down again. Berlaine was in Ram's room. <laughs> oh, shit. Berlaine was in Ram's chambers. It would be undeniably devastating. I'm not denying that, Elaine. I would also be like, oh, that woman with triple Ds was in there. What the heck? So I have a coworker who uh, is still living in the same house as her ex-boyfriend, and she doesn't have a car, and we we closed together the other night, so I drove her home. And, um... Uh... Right after I pulled up in front of her house her ex-boyfriend drove past and he didn't stop he didn't pull into the house and i think all he saw was oh. his ex-girlfriend who he's still living in the same house with and a guy dropping her off and she was just laughing i was like what do you do what, what do you do that's not that's not what's happening but of course like it, that's the same scenario right he's all automatically assumes the worst. That's what Elaine is doing. And, and I do understand it. That one I'm like, yeah, I get they, it. They describe Bear Elaine as a very attractive woman who dresses uh, much m- much more liberally than they are used yeah. to. Yeah, and Maureen again clarifies the customs of Mayin are not what either uh, Elaine or the Two Rivers folks are used to. And... Also, Aguin over there, you need to let go of any aspirations for Rand. Like, like, Moraine yeah. still thinks Aguin's all about Rand, yeah. right? So Aguin is quick to read the whole situation, and then she whispers to Elaine, Hey, I only like Rand as a sister. And um, this seems to build Elaine's confidence. Well, she, she says, I love Rand as a brother, and you as a sister. I really do. Ho- I really do wish the best for you both, or something like that. I'm not yeah, quoting. I'm not reading sweet. it, but yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a gesture. It's a nice. It's a nice gesture between friends. It is. It, it, it sincerely is. And I and I and I think Elaine, you know, in order for her to feel okay about her feelings towards Rand, she needed that from Egwene. So. Yeah. There's some weird talk of marriage. Like I don't know if you want to read any of it, but Moraine was basically saying. No one, none of us are getting married anytime soon, but then she compares it to herself. And maybe that was a mistake of hers, but... Um, so, so yeah, so after, uh, Eglin says that to Elaine, she turns around and says, Have you ever been in love, Moraine? What a startling question. Elaine cannot imagine the Aes in love. Moraine was Blue Aja, and it was said Blue sisters gave all their passions to causes. The slender woman was not at all taken aback. For a long moment, she looked levelly at the pair of them, each with an arm around the other. 
Finally, she said, I could wager I know the face of the man I will marry better than either of you knows that of your future husband. Egwene gasped in surprise. Who? Elaine gasped. They both gasped. Oh, gaped in surprise. The yesterday appeared regretful of having spoken. Perhaps I only meant we share in ignorance. Do not read too much into a few words. She looked at Nynaeve consideringly. Should I ever choose a man? Should, I say. It will not be Lan. That much, I will say. I, it just, I'm laughing because I'm like, this is what we did at summer camp when we had our, you know, we were in what, middle school and we had college age counselors and if they so much as said a guy's name, it was like, oh, are you dating? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm, I, yeah. I don't know, this is one where I'm almost like, I don't want to read too much into it because I would agree, Moraine has no interest in guys. I would she doesn't seem to be sleeping around much. I mean, she's 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 a very goal and goal oriented and like completion oriented, right? She's 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 she has one goal that she has had for twenty years. I'm sure other goals have like you know popped up during that time, and she's completed them. But her end goal is to help the dragon reborn and help the world get ready for the dragon reborn get to the last battle um and so yeah she probably hasn't made a lot of time but i i'm I'm curious (laughs) is there anybody in the story that you have met that you would think uh might be a future love interest for Moraine. If only it was Tom Marilyn. <laughs> he flirts with her from time to time, but he doesn't like Aes Sedai. He, I mean, that's kind of who he is, though. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's a storyteller, and as a storyteller, you you learn the people who you can get away with being a little bit more flirtatious. You know what I mean, like. Like you, you gauge a room and you know how you're gonna be able to get your story across the best. And if that, co- if that, you know, if if that is to like, be you know, be a little bit giddy and flirtatious. That's, that, that's I, I think that's a glee man's job. I don't think I have anyone off the top of my head. I can more like in a way. Gosh, who was our buddy who was a traitor? Bail Doman. No. A traitor. A, a traitor with a T. Oh, oh, Inktar. Inktar. It'd be more a character like that I'd see her go for. Not the traitor piece, but just like... But the, that's a very similar... But Inktar is a very similar character as Lan. Right. And, and that is... I'm like, I almost see her with someone similar. I don't see her with Lan either. I think she's honest. But you do think but that she's attracted to that warrior type? Uh, yeah. Like, honor... Okay. I think honor is a big thing, even though, again, Ingtar, you messed up big time. Well, I am going to go ahead and, and uh, tuck away the Tom Marilyn prediction. You may as well. No, it's just a beautiful thing. Why not? Um, yeah, I, I would pic- I'm picturing someone similar Lan anyway, and not necessarily a warder is what I'm trying to say. I don't think it has to be a warder. Okay. I think she could appreciate other talents and intelligence, and it'd actually be more cool anyway if it was just some old boyfriend from... Well, yeah. uh, she's from Tyrion. Okay. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But anyway, this they they keep talking, and finally, Egwene and Nynaeve learn about Rand's bloodbath and this whole my- miasma that could be occurring from the Dark One's prison. Yeah. So it's pretty intense yeah. stuff to just throw at these women. 
Marine shares that he must move because the tyrants are tired of him and more likely to sabotage and or murder him. There's more bitching. Eventually, Elaine and Egwene demand to know Moraine's plan. So, Elaine does get some balls there. Yep. Um, and it's, you can correct anything that I skimmed, but basically, there's a setup of war between Ilian and Tyran. Well, so, Ilian and Tyr are next door neighbors, Here. essentially. Yes. And they hate each other. Always have. Um, always have. There's always been a history of war between them. They are, I think, think I would have to reach out to somebody who who knows more about like the the histories of of this world than I do but I think Ilian and Tyr have warred against each other more than any other nations in Randland. Okay. Um, of course the borderlands the four nations on the borderlands are always in war but never against other countries always just against the blight and the shadow, right? And then it, it kind of keeps... I don't know, Moraine even convinces Elaine to talk about it because Elaine must be using her, like, knowledge of the throne, whatever, but she agrees. War is imminent, whether or not Rand starts it. And there's this ominous line that the Forsaken will not stand idle and wait. So it's 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 not a bad plan. Samuel is an Ilian. And uh, the Terrans are always as ripe for war with Ilian as the other way around. Um, yada, yada, yada. And, but yeah, so, so, so her plan is to attack Ilian, get rid of Samael, have the Terrans conquer Ilian, and then the Ilians will just bow down to the Dragon Reborn, and bing, bing, bop. Okay. It's, that, it's so she, done. She's basically saying because we don't trust these Terrans, and they're... They don't like... I, okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. Let's use it. them yeah. to attack a nation, but end goal, um, align ourselves with this uh, with this nation. Because we remember when we were in Ilian in Book 3, uh, Loyal and Perrin and I mean, everybody noticed just how downtrodden everybody was, right? Yeah. And then it was the same way when they got to Tyr. That's, that has to be the effect okay. of... Uh, forsaken ruling the nation, right? Or any tyrants leading, leading the nation. So are you saying all tyrants are forsaken? <laughs> all tyrants? <laughs> Anywho, Moraine is furious because Rand is just looking at all the writings of prophecies instead of just doing as she says and making the first move in war. Um, which reminded me, didn't uh, all this to say, Adorian had heard rumors about war. So remember he told that to Matt in the last couple chapters ago. Yeah. And Matt was surprised and now it's like, oh Yep, rumors of World with Hellion, yep. Catching on not that Rand wants it, but more Moraine's plot. Yep. Rand is being very pushy. Did you want to read the prophecy at all? Sure. He quotes something. Uh first of all there's a little bit of bitching from Moraine. He's decided to find out for himself what the prophecies of the dragons say. They may have been prescribed in tier, but the sh chief librarian had nine different translations in a locked chest. Rand has them all now. I pointed out the verse that applies here, and he quoted it to me from an old Kandori translation. Power of the shadow made human flesh, weakened to turmoil, strife, and ruin. The reborn one, marked and bleeding, dances the sword in dreams and mist, chains in the shadow sworn to his will. 
from the city, lost and forsaken, leads the spears to war once more, breaks the spears and makes them see truth long hidden in the ancient dream. And did you want to, like, go into that? Do you want to try and interpret any of that? You can ask specifics, but the truth is no. As with all prophecies, I almost tune out because I'm like, there's too much here for me to even catch okay, on. Let me, if you want to draw detail. Let, let, let's, let's talk about just a little bit here. Um, the Reborn One. Who do you think that is? Ram. Okay. A+. plus. Um, Martin Bleeding dances the sword in dreams and mist. What do you oh, think wait, that wait. means? That was like above Falm. Okay. Sorting with Baal's Okay. Um, change the saddle... Saddle... Oh my gosh. Change the shadow sworn to his will from the city lost and forsaken. Do you have any idea what that Isn't might be? Shadow Oh, or is this coming up later in this book? As I have actually read this book. Uh, might be coming up later in this book, and I think the next then verse. I would almost guess it's something that will be a spoiler for later in this book. No, I also just want to read this last verse one more time, real fast. Leads the spears to war once more, breaks the spears and makes them see truth long hidden in the ancient dream. Okay, the only people who love their spears are the Aiel. Okay. So bringing the Aiel to war but also breaking them, which maybe was in their Aiel prophecy. There was one Aiel prophecy. That, I do not have them memorized. I, he will break the spears and make them free, or, or and set them free, or something to that extent. Okay. So. Interesting. And it's still that concept of breaking the world, almost. But for them, it's breaking them. Right, okay. But it, it seems fairly personal for the Aiel, yes. because it's, it's specifically break the spears, okay. and the Aiel, like... Their only weapon. Well, no, that's not true. They use bow and arrow, but their weapon of choice are the short spears. Right. So. Like maidens kiss. And those yeah. Fun games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But they, yes, they, they use the spears. They don't. They they don't seem to use swords or axes or anything like that. It's 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 bow and arrow, and then when it draws close, they they pull their spears out. Huh. Okay. So. Uh, chapter goes on. There's, of course, tension between Nynaeve and Moray, and, and Nynaeve is actually trying to protect Rand, saying, well, he's just desperate. And then Moray, yeah, well, I'm the desperate one who's dedicated the majority of my life to this cause, yep. as Twitch pointed out, staying probably celibate to the cause. Elaine <sighs> mm. again grows more confidence and demands, what is the real plan for Rand beyond this whole war crap? So she knows there's more to this, and lo and behold... Moraine shares. So, Moraine announces there exists a Tarong realm, the Great Holding, which is apparently a forgotten place in the basement with a plethora of power-related items that are stored under the stone. The room is so old and forgotten, the locks are rusted and the doors themselves collapse from dry rot. As Moraine is talking, Egwene is holding that secret Tarong real ring through her dress because Lo and behold, Moraine does not know about yeah, it. Only That's still a secret between Varen, Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve. Yep. And was it Sophie? Nurse Sophie? Technically Sylvie. 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 Technically speaking, Sylvie has seen it, which is our friend uh, Celine, which is uh, our friend Lanfear. So yeah. There's so many friends. Which is also Even, our friend... Uh, Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows who else? Lanfear gets around. She's 
Let's just say. I gotta say, she's pretty cool. <laughs> if you think about it. She's she's way. she's a lot of fun. As an as an, as a as an antagonist and an evil character, Landfear's a lot of fun. Her her weakest link is how much she loves Rand. Yeah, really, really. If she if she could just forget home. about Rand, she'd be she'd she'd, she'd be, be my really favorite for really yeah, She'd be amazing. Okay, so um, Egwene has no plans to talk about that ring, but clearly can still use it. In the holding, Moraine describes a twisted doorway that some years ago, over 300 for sure, the first of Mayen, Halver, had provided it to Terra as a gift in showing allegiance, of course not knowing they did assassinate him within a year of giving the gift, but he got what he needed in the moment. Apparently, um, also the first of Mayen, Halver at the time, so 300 years ago-ish, allowed Aes Sedai to study it in secret because it was a Tarongril, and, you know, I'm sure at the time, Terra still didn't like magic. They never liked yeah, magic. They never liked, yeah. And those who walk through this doorway learn the answer to three questions about past, present, and future. But, of course, there's a catch, right? Yeah, there's always a catch, right? And he was pissed. Well, why didn't she tell us about this? Um, however... Marine immediately confronts Nynaeve's anger by mentioning it's a powerful tool. Asking the wrong questions, such as about the Dark One or Bakaja, could lead to very negative consequences. Anywho, if needed, she's going to bring Rand to the doorway so he can learn more about his place in the pattern. And yeah. that's a very summed up in a nutshell. Do you want to clarify anything? Um. No, no, really the only thing I wanted to uh, uh, highlight if we needed to was... Um, odd things could happen with the train girl. Ace I had been burned out or killed or had simply vanished in studying them and in using them. Yeah, and then I think, like like you said, if you ask anything about the shadow, uh, they have dire consequences. If you ask, ask about the black Aja, you might be returned dead or come out a gibbering madwoman if you came out at all. As for Rand, I am not certain if it is possible to ask a question about the Dragon Reborn that does not touch the shadow in some way. You see, sometimes there are reasons for caution. Yeah, so, yeah. That, uh, that's... Uh, first of all, disposable ice to die back in the day. Oh, some just come back mad, some just come back... And then, of course, it also sounds like the ways, right? Yeah. Where people come back speaking gibberish or yeah. without their, basically without their soul. Um, and, and, and also, like, a little bit of a historical dump. Before Holver uh, gave it to Tyr, the first of Mayen had always used it so that they, like, to keep them out of the clutches of Tyr. And is this a one and done? They can use it one time and they're done? One, they? one person can use it once. Okay. And then she very okay. explicitly says, you can only enter once and you have three questions. And that's it. And your questions cannot be frivolous, and they cannot touch the shadow. And there is, I didn't detail it, but it's worth laughing about. When Moraine talked about that room, Elaine's like, yeah, we were down there looking for stuff, and then my lamp went out, and I stumbled. But I managed to get out, and Moraine's like, and if you had stumbled through the doorway? <laughs> and it's like, oh, crap, this is a lot of powerful items. Whew. Yep. So. Yep, there's a lot of there's a lot of rubbish down there as well. They pretty much yeah. just whatever they found yeah. that might have something to do with the power, they just stuff it in the hold. I mean, and it's 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 kind of like 
uh, I'm pretty sure Moraine says it's it's kind of their way of diminishing the fact that they have this like super powerful sawing grill in Kalindor, right? Right. And so by just hoarding right. all these magic possessions, number one, they're they're like diminishing the fact that Kalindor's there, but number two, they're also ensuring that these tools of magic will not be used. You know, right. so they're basically taking them out of commission. And and I'm I'm sure for a nation that is one hundred percent against using the, the power in any way, they're probably okay with taking these yeah these weapons out of commission, so. Okay. The Green wonders how it'll help them determine if Amico or Joya is telling the truth, and Moraine matter-of-factly says, oh, not, Green wonders how they're going to determine if Amico or Joya is telling the truth, and Moraine just is very matter-of-fact, well, I already sent three pigeons with Joya's words directly to the Amelin seat. And so she did that right away without telling them. Yep. She is just like, Which I pisses. <laughs> it does. Sorry, you were saying... No, no, Rain did exactly what I always do, and just, quote for quote, let's just tell Amarlin see what she said, let yep. Amarlin determine... Like, this is one of those, I am a pawn, someone else above me can go ahead and make the decision. And But then, yeah, is Nynaeve pissed or a green pissed? So, I think what Moraine has been doing, and I think Nynaeve is just barely figuring it out, is she has been having them question with the promise that... Yes, eventually she will come and join them in the questioning. She needed once, maybe twice, to question them to know that she wasn't going to get anything new out of them. But she convinced these accepted, even though everybody else thinks they're Aes Sedai, accepted, think that they just needed to keep questioning them. So she's kept them busy, away from Rand, and away from influencing yep. Rand, and away she doesn't want anybody else influencing Rand. She wants to be his sole counselor. It's already backfired, Moraine. Let go. She, she's, <laughs> she scolded uh, Lan in private for his influence on, on Rand, and she doesn't, she, so she's been keeping these girls busy this whole time on basically this useless task so that they are not getting, you know, getting involved in her influence over Rand. Like, she wants to be the only one influencing Rand. And now, she's also got another problem. Well, the ty Tyrant Lords, but I'm sure she's... She knows that Rand's smart enough to know that they're just up to no good. But, now there's this Isle clan chief that has kind of taken, you know, started to interest. take an interest in Rand and, and basically says, we will not leave his side because we believe that he is our prophesized one as well. Um, so now she has that whole influence, you know, possible influence to deal with. So yeah, she's she's flustered and she's but but I think it's very smart and and I think Nynaeve is just now figuring that out. She's like, "You sly motherfucker." Yeah. And, and Marine says pretty much what I think I said last time. Why can't both be true? She doesn't say that, but she does say, "Well, we can't do much with Joya's prediction as, you know, the four of us." So Going to Tan Chico is the practical option for yeah. going Black Aja hunting, and the Amerlin can then monitor yes, if, what's going on. Was it Saldia? Yes. If there's a if there's a Black Aja uh, plot to break time loose and set him up as a uh, false dragon, um, then they, they, there's there's no way that one Asadai, one Warder, and three novices are accepted are going to be able to you know, 
do anything about it. Right. So it's going to take a like a, a full contingent of Aes Sedai sisters to deal with it. Um, and I do give points to Moraine, though, just because I'm like, no, really, I, I yep. pretty much would have done the same. Yep. And I think, I think more points to her that she sent no right away. Yep. Like, yep. don't wait for a watered-down version. Just give what you got. Yep. Hope it gets to the right person. And, of course... Uh, um, she's like, Tanchico seems like, you guys should go to Tanchico. That seems like the best, best place to go. Moraine leaves, then Elaine asks Egwene, Do you really mean it? About Rand? And Egwene is literally ready to set him straight. Like, I'm gonna tell him there's nothing. <laughs> and Amanda, Nandy Cat over here is thinking, Girlfriend, I think he figured this out a while ago. Like, you're the one late to the party. Yeah. Um, well, and not really. I think they both figured it out on their own. And then, okay, so this is about star-crossed lovers, where they're both assuming something about each other. Or I w that was one of my theories, if that was possible. Wait, mm -hmm. let me rephrase that. It's you one of the, they have other love interests in mind, but they're so worried about each other. Are you talking about Rand and Egwene? Yeah. Yeah. Although Egwene doesn't have really a love interest, besides herself and her ambition to yeah. be Aes Sedai, which is fine. Yep. Yep, oh. she's she's very ambitious, and yeah. right now that ambition doesn't. And and she was starting to get to that mindset before they left the two rivers. For sure. So uh, so yeah, she's she has ambitions, and at least for now, she has no plan to allow a man to get in the way of those ambitions. Like right now, she she doesn't have time for men. She strikes me as very blue, actually. Like this is just like Moraine, where I'm like, no. If I, she wants the man, she'd go get him. But right now, it's about I want to be the best Aes Sedai. So is that a is that a prediction? Are you are you predicting that Egwene will be a future blue? I guess, yeah. yeah. She strikes me more blue. She just hasn't really had crushes. That, yeah. That doesn't mean they don't exist. I mean, I there was Aram. Gaps in time. Yeah. She flirted with the Tinker Aram. Yeah. And then there was Galad and Gawain. Oh, I forgot about Galad. So she actually has had quite a few love interests. Uh, 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 but she's actually, not. she's had the most love interests out of all of the Emin Fielders. I just don't like her. I no? guess that's where it comes yeah. from, too. Okay. I, don't, I don't care about her interests. Okay. <laughs> so, I think I'll still label her blue. Label her blue. Because she's so set. She's so stubborn. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's... Honestly, to me, I enjoy Egwene's character. I enjoy her journey. Um, uh, and, and pretty much like every single one of the characters in this book, there are things she does that pisses me off. Right. So, Which is fair. But there are also, fair. just like almost every single character in this book, there are things that she does that is just like, fuck yeah, good for you, Egwene, you know, so, and... Yeah, and I'm not there yet with her. I, I'm not saying it won't happen. And, and like I said, there are some people that straight up hate Egwene and, and hate every chapter she's involved with, hate, hates everything about her, and that's fine, and you might be one of those people. Who knows? I might end up being one of those people. Yeah. So Egwene asks Elaine, okay, what's the game plan, essentially, about what are you and Rand going to do? And Elaine complains, oh, Mother would never approve. There's some interesting counter about her mother being influenced by Lord Gabriel, which Elaine is like, oh, that hardly be true but the readers in the fandom know he's a forsaken in disguise and he probably he has some sort of love, love spell on her yeah 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 so anyway elaine considers boldly telling Rand her love for him which she's felt from day one but then she compares herself to a hussy of a mayin and just <laughs> another swig of wine a hussy mayiner <laughs> and then 
Nynaeve confronts her about her actual plan if Rand were to ask her to run away from all this, and Elaine confirms she's still set on Tanchico. Um, and then Nynaeve, there's a good end quote from Nynaeve, Rand is not the only one who might die next year or next month. We might too. Times are not what they were, and we cannot be either. If you sit and wish for what you want, you may not see it this side of the grave. I like that quote. I that's do that's too. a good quote. I really like the ending too. This side of the grave. That's ooh. It, and, it's and chilling, that is, right? It's chilling. As well, it's naive waking up and realizing how serious Moraine is. You know, not just being like, "I hate you, Moraine." I want yeah. my fielders back, but also embracing like, "Yep, we're in it for the long haul." And I mean, I okay. So, so this I, question just popped into my head. Do you think Nynaeve is of the opinion at this point that, yeah, Moraine pulled us in and fuck her for that, but I would rather be involved in this fight than not even know that it's happening? Yeah. Like, she never says that, at least from what we've read, but I, I at least... And, I, and I'm not sure if I did my first read, but at this point in my many, many read-throughs, I feel like at this point, yes, she's still bitter towards Moraine, but she would rather be in it doing something for the good because that's who she is, that's her personality, than off on the side and thinking that her greatest purpose in life is just taking care of the village of, Tur of, of Emmons Field, right? Yeah. I would agree with that. I support that. I, I think especially she doesn't seem, and maybe she was questioning a bit in book one. I don't remember from the other books when she fully started embracing like this shit is real. But like knowing that Rand is part of this, she's really not going to abandon him. No. I mean, yes, they can go separate ways, but she will do everything at this point in her power to support what he needs. I feel like one characteristic well i guess there's 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 at least two probably more but one characteristic that is very similar among all five emmons fielders is they are loyal to each other yeah even though even with they mad. It, <laughs> even with what mad mad mad's loyal like, oh, I mean them with Matt. Like, oh, he's always snarky and we'll get it later, but... But they're always gonna... Uh, yeah, yeah. The, being rude, but I'll talk with him. But the, but the way, like... Uh, the way they were when he was sick with the with the dagger, and then they yeah. discovered that they the I said I might let him die. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you're right. They're loyal to to Matt, and they're all they're all loyal to each other, even though their lives are kind of taking them in separate positions right now. Parents spending most of his time with. Uh, Fael, Matt spending most of his time with the Terran Lords or the serving girls in the kitchen. Um, you know, Nynaeve and Egwene are spending all their time playing at Ace Sedai, as Matt would say. <laughs> and Rand, of course, is busy being the fucking King of Tear and the Dragon Reborn. No so, so yeah, so even though they're, but they're all that love for each other and that loyalty towards each other is still very much a shared. Um, characteristic that I I personally enjoy a lot. Yep. So sorry for the tangent. We have to have at least three or four of them every episode. Why not? <laughs> I don't think I have too much else to discuss on this chapter. That, that's that, I that think was we discussed yeah. It enough yep. That we went I mean, we can go ahead and end it. It was chilling. It was a chilling sort of reassurance, 
But Elaine nodded. She was not being silly. If only the black Aja could be settled so easily. She pressed her empty silver goblet to her forehead for the coolness. What were they to do? And then moving on to chapter 7, playing with fire. Which is a green's perspective. She and Elaine have dolled up. Which I do. I think Elaine is probably a gorgeous woman, by the way. Just, and I know what Gwyn's described as pretty, but I'm like, no, in this scene, I guarantee Elaine looked, like, stunning. Yeah? Elaine specifically has sapphire blue, and actual sapphires provided by Avienda, and then Gwyn adds a red scarf, also provided by Avienda, who seems to have random goods on her, apparently, and spoiler, we're gonna learn why later. Yeah? So they enter Rand's apartments, although... As they enter, they're surprised by the Aiel who suddenly arrives from the floor, still guarding the outside. To the extent Elaine puts on royal bearing, and Egwene insists, We're present to check on Ram's healing. Albeit, of course, there's no need. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. But they're yeah. not, not going to know that. Yeah. And these guards were stone dogs, or the Cheyenne Matal, with Gaul, our buddy from. Well, Perrin. Saved him. I remember. Yeah, yeah, from Jara, when he saved him from Jara, and, and then, uh... Green eyes sparkling under his luscious black lashes. He's a stud. Just saying. Are you starting to get a little crush on Gaul? Oh, yeah, that's like, what a great he, combination. And you know, it's when they say luscious black lashes, these are one of those people where you're like, why did you get the beautiful eyelashes and sparkling green eyes? He was also there on the rooftops of... With Matt here with Ruark and Avienda and Matt. Yep, so. So now, yeah, so we're starting to get, like, our nice little, like, core Aiel friends, yeah. you know. I There's a bunch of them, but now we're starting to get a couple of names, so we can assume who the main Aiel players are going to be, right? And Gaul assures them, Rand has not been enjoying visitors lately, and then another stone dog says, Rand threw out some High Lord Tarion, so apparently oh, Tarion went back. Um... Terran, or did they give a name? Uh, Torian. Torian. Did I say it wrong? Yeah. And we talked about Torian last episode. Do you yeah. remember who he is? Estian's dad. And the prick that's trying yeah. to... Yeah. So Torian went back, apparently, and ran through him out. The women enter. Egwene is unimpressed with the gaudiness of all the, the entire room, especially what's holding Kalendor, which, ironically, that's what the Tyran Lords made. Um, or the odd statue of wolves attacking a stag, which is odd. That feels heavily symbolic. No. No. Rand is sprawled on his chair, books everywhere. He slams his book shut, likely expecting more lords, but his annoyance dissipated upon seeing the women. Rand quickly asks, did Moraine send you on an errand? And Egwene tells him, don't be a goose. And there's some light banter about memories of old. Yeah. Such as Rand and Matt getting drunk off apple brandy wine and Nynaeve switching them. The usual type of stuff. It's it's cutesy. Yeah. Very calming. Um, but the girls announce they're there to help them. And he asks if they know how to make a High Lord obey without Rand watching their every move. Or stop unwanted dreams. Or perhaps just maybe one of them knows old tongue. And he wants help with the prophecies, of course. Okay, I need to back up a little bit. Um... Because, I mean, I guess I probably don't need to, but this is just a classic example of Egwene and her hypocrisy, right? Because she's like, 
she's scolding him, and I remember, uh, I told you not to be a fool, Randall Thor. You may have Terrence bowing to your boots, but I remember when Nynaeve switched your bottom for letting Matt talk you into stealing a jar of apple brandy. And, uh, Rand just, he actually grins and, and almost laughs, and he looks at her, and he says, we had just turned 13. She found us asleep behind your father's stable, and our heads hurt so much, we didn't even feel her switch. Not like, oh, that was not at all the way Egwene recalled it. Not like when you threw that bowl at her head, remember? She dosed you with dogweed tea because you had been moping about for a week, and as soon as you tasted it, you hit her with her best bowl. Why did you squeal? When was that? Two years ago? Come this? We are not! Here to talk over old times. Yeah, she's yeah. and he's so she's like trying to scold him, and he actually is enjoying it. He's like, "Oh, this is fun. Let's reminisce." And she's like, "Oh no, let's 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 not reminisce. I don't like this game anymore." Yeah, because he called her out. Exactly, exactly. Um. So Agreen then says, "No, we're here to help you channel." But then Rand's mood shifts. Yep. Not a happy camper, saying he has a better chance of learning old tongue than learning how to channel. And then again, wondering, is this Moraine? <laughs> he's so and 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 and, and then he's also like, oh, do you guys have you guys learned the old tongue in the tower? You know, yeah. can you help me out here? Like, like Read the his mood right now is bouncing from like depression to overexcitement to joy. You know what I mean? Like, like he he's intrigue. He is uh, he's he's very emotionally right now and it's just kind of bouncing all over the place and I'm sure well I was gonna say I'm sure that has a lot to do with lack of sleep a lot to do with dealing with these fucking assholes um and and yeah just the fact that apparently he's fated to save the world and break it at the same time and die in the process and uh so um so yeah, so that's I mean, it's, it's so it it makes sense that he's very erratic, right? He's just yeah. bouncing left and right. And, and he keeps asking about Moraine, so it's also clear Moraine is really, really trying to control him. And we know that, but like we're getting that other side of it that he's just like anything and everything is Moraine if it isn't a High Lord. Yeah. So Elaine encourages him. We're not part of a sneaky plot, and soothes him enough that he agrees to try. Um, Egwene embraces Sidar and says, look at me. And of course, he observes nothing. Yeah. And then she's like, that's an unlikely story. I'm way more powerful than Moraine. Yeah. And I'm touching the source in a way that would ruin Moraine. And, but oddly, Egwene is thinking, I've never thought about that before, but it's true. She's not necessarily being cocky as she thinks about that. She's just being honest, probably honest for the first time. Like yep. how powerful she's getting. And then, um, at this point, though, she does notice goosebumps, right? Like he, Yeah, he's like, I have goosebumps because I know that the power is being wielded, and I don't like the power being wielded around me, I so I've got, I've, I've got goosebumps yeah. just because you said it. And then, after she stops, he's like, yeah, see, my goosebumps are gone. And then they start coming back, and he says, um, it's just because I'm starting to think about it, we're talking about it again. But Elaine is now embracing Sidar. So, so like, what Egwene is testing is basically he can notice, even though he can't see it. Yep, he, 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 he can physically feel it. Which would scream with how they've learned the power, he would be able to hone this skill at some point. 
Okay. I believe. Okay. Um, but Rand's not impressed. <laughs> Even though she keeps being like, no, really, Rita, you can feel Sidar. Um, so Egwene is saying, well, Rand, just embrace Sidine. I want to see something. And then you, there's suddenly a pinch on her ass out of nowhere. And she returns it with a giant swat. Yep. Because he's in pain. Yep. Yeah, so he gives her a little bit like, boop. You know, Oops. like, like, um, yeah, so, so did a quick little, uh, goose on, you know, pinched her butt, and, which I do not condone, but, uh, and she turned around and, like, took a fucking paddle, yeah. <laughs> just whacked him with it. All with the true stars, which is, it is funny, because now I'm just thinking of, like, Star Wars and the power, so they have their lightsabers, but here, these people have, like, something more powerful, and they're swatting each other's asses, so. With, with <laughs> flows of air. Childhood friends, yep. you know, the huge. Yeah. That doesn't excuse it. I'm just saying, like, this would happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Egwene scolds Rand for doing something that Matt would do, and then asks him to do something with the power, but then he really embraces Sidine. Well, they're, first of all, they're talking about, like, how how they embrace Sidar and bring it in and allow it to flow through them, and Rand's like, Jesus, if I fucking did that, I would... I, I would be swept away. No, it's like a fucking raging tempest that I have to fight at every minute that I'm touching it. Every second that I'm holding it, I've got to be, I have to be, I, I have to be so consciously aware of what I'm doing because I need to make sure that I can contain this. No, I, if, if I allowed it to take over me, I, I would die. 100%. I would blow up. And I don't know if you wanted to read much of this about what happens when he really embraces Sidine. But it starts out with a green and a lane lifted into the air, and not just lifted in the air, but also blocked from Sidar. Like, he was able to do both at once. And there's um, some great descriptions of what's going on in the room. So yeah, so suddenly she lifted into the air, and Elaine too. They stared at each other wide-eyed as they floated a pace above the carpet. There was nothing holding them, no flows Egwene could feel or see. Nothing. Her mouth tightened. He had no right to do this. No right at all. And it was time he learned it. The same sor sort of shield of spirit that cut Joya off from the source would stop him too. I said I used it on the rare men they found who could channel. She opened herself to Sidar. And her stomach sank. Sidar was there. She could feel its warmth and light. But between her and the true source stood something, nothing, an absence that shut her away from the source like a stone wall. She felt hollow inside until panic welled up to fill her. A man was channeling and she was caught in it. He was Rand, of course, but dangling there like a basket, helpless. All she could think of was a man channeling and the taint on Sidin. She tried to shout at him, but all that came out was a crook. You want me to do something? Rand growled. A pair of small tables flexed their legs awkwardly, the wood creaking, creaking, and began to stumble about in a stiff parody of dance, guilt flaking off and failing. Do you like this? Fire flared up in the fireplace. Filling the hearth from side to side, burning on the stone bare of ashes. Or this, the tall stag and wolves above the fireplace began to soften and slump. Thin streams of gold and silver flowed out from the mass, fining down, thinning, no, fining down to shining threads, snaking, snaking, weaving themselves into a narrow sheet of metallic cloth. The length of glittering fabric hung in the air as it grew 
its far end and still linked to the slowly melting statuette on the stone mantel. Do something, Rand said. Do something? Do you have any idea what it's like to touch Saiyan? To hold it? Do you? I can feel the madness waiting, seeping into me, and that is fucked up. Yes. Sorry, I, I didn't expect to go that far, but. So eventually, Rand does let them down. They're both scared, embracing Sidar. Egreen recognizes that Rand is calm, and she actually draws together the feathers in the room, but the smell of burning is still strong. Rand makes a joke. The Majir might not give me a new mattress every day, ha ha ha. Egreen is super angry, but does recognize that Rand appears genuinely sorry. So the women sit with him, moving some books out of the way, and insist, we're here to help. So they are trying to give more trust to him and remembering yep. their actual cause, even yep. though they probably right now have every right to be afraid and angry. Definitely. Because um, that's what they're worried about. Rand can go crazy because of the taint. Um, so, yeah, and so this is where they talk about the differences, like how they embrace it and let it flow into them. Yeah, so Egwene asks him to go step by step, and he does the whole one. Well, picturing a flame, I put all my emotions in it until I'm emotionless. And that's Egwene's like, hey, that's Tam's flame and void trick. Then she compares it to what they do with the budding flower and surrendering, and that Rand insists, yeah, this is way different. I wrestle Sidene. And um, he even clarifies, if I surrender to Sidene, it'll consume me like an ocean of fire. I must make it do what I want or be destroyed. Um, I also just want to throw in, at one point he mentions he'd met a woman named Celine who called it the oneness. He's trying to put together, I'm talking to people about this, trying yep. to figure it out. No one can really help me. Yep. Um, but this is interesting because at this point I'm realizing, so Sidar is distinctly different than Sidine. Yes. So yeah. you don't think that's the taint. It's not because of the taint he has to wrestle it. No. It's just, I, this is what Sidine is. I, yes, I believe this is how Sidine has always okay. been because when... If if I remember my history uh, well enough, when the have you gotten the context of why the male half of the the power was tainted? Maybe I I just it happened with the breaking of the world and lose Theron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lose yeah. Theron. Yep, yep. I mean, there's more details that you will eventually okay. probably learn, but um, uh. I'm if if I remember correctly, it took a while in the beginning for the men to realize what was going on okay. and why okay. all of a sudden. So yeah, I, I think it's always been a very aggressive power where okay. where apparently the women's uh, sidar is is gentle and as long as they know how to use it and and flow with it, it's 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 pretty. Uh, yeah, so Egwene goes on, can you at least differentiate the different flows? Air, earth, fire, spirit, water. And he says, usually I can't, which to me means, okay, so he's picked up that there's differences. Even, yeah. You know, sometimes he must. He does not know how he creates fire, but she, to herself, remembers, well, fire and earth were strongest in men, so that's probably normal. It's just automatic for him. Which is also, I have this flashback, that's one of the first things she toyed with when she was lost in the woods with Perrin. She was making a fire. Yeah. So, she's got power. She asks how he made the flames extinguish, and you made a great point earlier, when we first tried to record this, that Elaine had been blistered in the way that yes. Rand did it. So, Rand did it, you can describe it, it was very so, distinct. So, Rand 
pulls the fire from all over the place and just throws it into the empty hearth and it just goes up the chimney and is gone. And he's just saying, it's really practical. The chimney can take the fire. Yeah. But then Elaine is, like, rubbing her arm. Yep. And and Egwene's like, if that if we do that, then we'd, we'd, we'd burst into flames. Yeah. Yeah, like, because Elaine had gotten blisters probably, what, from a candle flame? From a candle. Yeah, she tried to she tried to uh, put out a candle using fire. And uh, Sherriam almost wouldn't even heal her yeah. because she wanted her to learn a lesson. But of it's course, that stupid. But of course, Sherriam did heal her. But but yeah, Sherriam was pretty annoyed at them. And but I and, think this um, is another fascinating proof of how different Sidene is to Sidar. Oh, very much. Unless, so. of course, Rand is just that powerful. But it sounds like no, this is just another distinction. They can do things it, differently. It, it's like a bird trying to teach a fish to fly, mm. and uh, to go back to the that common you know moraine uses it uh swan uses it varen doesn't really use it because she thinks she's she she knows of birds who can swim looking for for prey and she knows that there are fish in the sea of storms that can jump out and have long flaps like wings and can fly a little bit before they go back in makes me think of mario brothers yeah anyway Varen so, is probably the creator of Mario Brothers. She's probably the one that, that developed that game. I wish. I know too much <laughs> about Mario Brothers to know it's not true. However, Egwene gets really kind of hopeful. She's, she thinks she can teach him if she figures out how. And I think she could. I think Egwene is that powerful. She's recognizing it is totally different. Yeah. But I think she could potentially if she... It's almost like looking at a different... Yeah calculus compared to algebra like you're gonna need a lot of different information yeah but it is powerful and apparently see i was surprised they use the same channels air earth fire spirit water i mean that's still a commonality even if it's distinctly different yep very much so so Egwene then gives Rand the second lesson of the day and reveals she's not in love with him and she reassures him i love you like a brother and then she's thinking to herself how he bravely lies to cover up his hurt when he says he does not feel for her either. And he's so glad to not pretend anymore. And I'm thinking, newsflash, Egwene. He's over you as well. Yeah. He's not lying. Yep. She's she's almost lying to herself by saying, oh, he's taking it so bravely. It's yep. like, no, really. He's no, being he's, sincere, Egwene. Yep. He's, he's so relieved that he you is. just told him that. Tangible. And he's like, oh, thank you. God, I feel the same way, but I didn't (laughs) want to hurt you. Egwene leaves thinking, Elaine can pick up Rand like a puppy and do what she needs to do. (laughs) (laughs) Apt end quote that everyone says, two rivers men were stubborn, but they were no match for two rivers women, which I agree based on Nynaeve and Egwene. And this is the end of the chapter. And I, I did, after I wrote all this, I did very much say how much I'm not a fan of Egwene and just being full of herself like this whole oh Rand you keep lying to yourself like not even aware that he's over you yeah. he did the same as you did you grew apart and it's okay yeah. and I'm also really not a fan of this manipulation for him to fall for um, Elaine it feels very manipulative but at the same time I'm like eh it is what people do I, you go to parties you dress up try to flirt before he falls for this Bear Lane chick who has the triple D's. So, so he's he's, we've been in we've been in Rand's head. He does think of Elaine quite a bit. Yeah. 
Like, he thinks of men and Elaine quite a bit. He dreams about them. Like, we've seen that. We've, we've gotten that. So, um... Cat alert. We've been invaded. By a neighboring cat. But it's orange and beautiful. It's a rand cat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, he, we, again, you're right. As readers, we knew that rand is getting over it and... But yes, you're right. He has it, been interested in Elaine. So so they are playing on something. Um, but in general <laughs> I I liked Elaine's first idea. Why don't I just tell him how I feel? Yeah. And that was actually my advice to Bryce the other day. He was talking about a girl who might like him and ways he could figure out if she likes him or not, like leaving a note on her desk. And I'm like, Or you could just ask her. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could just say you like her. Yep. You know, it's okay. And then turn into a conversation how awkward it is the school year will end when he says that and i don't know what happened but anyway direct communication is great too but no and and you're right like and we had this conversation when we recorded with morgan a couple weeks ago there is a lot of emotional um manipulation that goes on in this series yeah and it, it it's from a lot of there's a lot of different characters that do it uh moraine does it nynaeve does it uh rand does it you know like they egwene does it they all there's a lot of emotional manipulation um so yeah it's it's bullshit but it's it's kind of on par for For what's going on yeah yeah that is true that's how it it's very much a part of the world that uh rj wrote and I don't know if this is like his personal experiences he was so used to being emotionally <laughs> yeah, manipulated maybe. that just it just came second natural I don't know I don't know that much about his actual life but but it is a common theme that you know um certain characters will often take the path that involves them being emotionally manipulative to somebody else yeah, and disclaimer, I wouldn't overthink this if we weren't doing a podcast about it, so just saying. Yeah. A lot of people do, though. <laughs> Chapter 8, Hard Heads, which I was just like, oh, yeah, that describes the Two Rivers folks, speaking of stubborn people. Yeah. Okay. So now we're in Elaine's... Elaine's perspective. perspective. She still has some trepidation and butterflies in her tummy as she waits for Rand to realize... She's still in the room after a green leaves. And he does figure it out. Sort of a cutesy scene. Um, she's insisting, call me Elaine, not Lady, or I'll call you Lord Dragon. Yeah. And he's like, Light, no, don't do that. Yeah. <sighs> and then he confirms, I was sincere when I told a green I've been over her. Because he's still confused. Why are women so odd? Yep. But then it calms Elaine again. She has no fear of him mooning after a green really adorable part Rand offers Elaine flowers saying he gave some to the Majir the other day and she loved them so he gathers bed feathers and she has to remind herself to trust him that he's not gonna go crazy again touching Sidine yeah but nothing happens and he just saves face saying flowers aren't good enough for you but she guesses oh this is one of those things he can't tap back into Sidine yeah there's times he just can't touch it and she actually scoops down to these bed feathers to keep them as a keepsake because that was more meaningful to her. Um, but he goes on about, here's some pretty fabric. Someone can make you something out of it. And she accepts it graciously, but knowing it'll be a gift to the seamstress, not for more clothes. Yeah, yeah. Um, good save, Elaine. To me, that's royal bearing where you can just help people feel comfortable. Yes, 
Very much so. Elaine continues her mission of make Rand fall in love with her, yet not be a full-on Mayan hussy. So, actually, to me, it was just an awkward teenage romance scene. She asks, do you like me? And he says, yes. Then she asks, well, I'm fond of you. And he says, I'm fond of you. <laughs> and then Elaine is already fretting, am I being too forward? And is again thinking of Bear Lane, even gets a little bit angry, and both of them blush. And eventually, Elaine asks for a kiss. And it's an 80s-worthy makeout scene. Well, he, he, like, he hesitates, and she's like, or perhaps you don't know how. And that's when he just, like, <laughs> lunges in and grabs her. And yeah, they... they Five minutes later, they're minutes. gasping yeah. for air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. <sighs> um, I'm very much summarizing Twitch. But essentially, Elaine reminds Rand, some women see men with their hearts. And I want you to know I'm one of them and I will be back. Um, but Rand does catch on. Hey, did you and a green set this up? And she just changes the subject and asks Rand, are you sorry for what you did to us? You know, pinching their asses. And Rand says, he's in no way, shape, or form sorry about the pinch. You guys were talking over my head. And I'm like, you know what? I do support you, Rand. You yeah. were annoyed. Yeah. At least you didn't slap them. And, I mean, we've talked about it already, but he's very... He's emotionally unhinged a little bit right now. Yeah, this he's, is accurate. He's fraught. He might make decisions without thinking about them. You know what I mean? Like, like he, it, it's erratic behavior. And now we've, like, added confirmed love interest. Yes. Essentially, uh, you know. Yes. I'm still rooting for men, but that being said, this is tangible in, in the here and now. So, yeah, a lot of confusing emotions. Um, Gaul knocks on the door, studiously bowing his head as he enters. And he announces, Tyron Lords have arrived to meet with Rand. And Elaine puts together, oh, Gaul kept his head down because he thought he'd see even more. Yeah. Um, but she takes her leave, feeling like Murgay is with her gracious nod. Think on what I have said, Rand. She did not say, think of me, Rand. Mm. 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 Rand. Randy, <laughs> do I make you Randy? That would have been a good one if Elaine said that. <laughs> a little bit of Austin Powers for those of you that aren't too young. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did note though, you know, for all of Elaine's like fears and hesitations, I do think she's comparing herself heavily to her mother and the expectations for her throne. Yeah. So I, I do think that's a big and, part of it. And I imagine for for someone who... she's being raised to be a queen. Like, that is her purpose from birth, just like it was her older brother Gawad's, or, excuse me, Gawain's purpose from the moment of her birth to protect her. Yeah. So, So, and I think that, I, I totally going off subject right now, but I think that when we view Gawain as a character, it is fair for us to think about that expectation that was put on him at a very, very, very... I think he was like, he could barely look over the cradle when he swore his his oath yeah. Yeah, to I protect think her. And um, so I, I, I think that that's a very important thing to always remember when we're viewing the character of Gawain. He was raised understanding that his his sister's life was always going to be more valuable than his and that he 
if necessary, was to give up his life in order to make sure that she survived. Like, that's the way he's been raised since he was yeah. three years old. So, I mean, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. Oh, yeah. So, anyways. Perspective change. Now it's Rand, who's and, making space for the lavish lords. And I do have to say, this is probably, out of all these three chapters, this is probably my favorite POV. Oh, okay. And not because it's the male POV, but just because it's it's... I feel like we get a lot of depth in this very short, like, what is it? It's not even, it's, 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 well, yeah, it's like three pages long. May or may not have to add to what I got out of it, but he's ignoring their anxious semicircle and still thinking of Elaine and how dreams come true, recalling the skinny dipping dream. And he's still confused about Egwene sharing the same perspective of him, yet being so concerned he'd be hurt. Yep. Like, so he's not catching... Yeah. It's fine. I'd be confused, too. You were being honest, and she was rejecting it. Why was it women could go to pieces or fly into a rage at the smallest thing, yet never flicker an eyelash at what left you gaping? Good call, Rand. But I don't. I, I just want to say I don't think that's a gender to gender specific thing. I, I feel like everybody does. Why this. do some people? It's very yeah. human. I mean, there's fucking books about it. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You know, like how different they are. But in the, in, in in at the end of the day, we're all human. We all have emotions. We all have stress. We all have you know hardships. We all have joys. And we all, regardless of gender, experience them in very different ways. Yeah. So, anyways. He tunes into what the High Lords are complaining about, in which they're upset about the request to not tax the poor as much, because you realize when we raise the taxes again, the poor will be upset again. Um, the High Lords are very close-minded about anything new to their current economical system that clearly only profits them. Yeah bunch of complaints about farmers farming too much as Karian is not buying their grain due to civil war and then Rand's like well sell it to Ilian and they don't care about that answer insisting they have only sold to Karian but are always sold to Karian forgetting that there always has only been the 20 years since the Ayo war did you notice any of the names I purposely didn't write them down, so you can go ahead and name them. There's too many for me to care about, but if you care, please let us know. Well, I, 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 I and and we've talked about this before too. There are so many named characters in this yeah. that it is important to try and like, like not like like in my first read, I lumped all the Terran lords together. Yeah. I lumped, uh, I lumped all of the like maidens of the spear that we meet just together. They're all just you know. I didn't even really pay attention to the to the names. It, there are characteristics that are developed in a lot of these different characters, so it's important to just at least remember the names, right? So we have we have Carly and Tadosian, and those were the two that Tom was writing, uh, you letters. know, okay. writing I letters. I suspected as much. Okay. So those were the two um, that he's like trying to separate, right? Uh, then we also have Sunamon, um, who's, um, I'm not quite sure what he says, but then we have Melon, who's the one that's talking about the bad precedent and lowering taxes. Um, and I believe, do we have any others? I already said Carleon, Tadosian, Melon, and... 
Sunamon. And I, yeah, I think that's all the ones we get named. But it is just like, trust me, it, it, it helps if you okay. have an understanding of which one's which. Yeah, just for the sake of time, I didn't write them down. I get it. So then the High Lords, let's see, more complaints, what else was going on? Oh, okay, okay. There's an interesting perspective from Rand about how the two rivers' weather patterns complemented other villages in terms of need and crops. So if there was a need, someone else similarly had an abundance. Yep. And so he suggests, why don't you just use Mayin's boats to deliver grain to Altara and Ilian? And again, they don't like working with other people. Nope. And Rand's back in La La Land thinking of Elaine. What does Elaine really want? I've had similar feelings towards men. Yeah. I couldn't figure those out either. Toward the end, Rand demands, you will cut farmers by 75% in taxes, the rest in half, and then start a contract with Bear Lane about boats for delivering grain. Like, he's, he's over it. Yep. Yeah, the High Lords listened with false smiles and grinding teeth, but they listened. So, yeah, he's 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 learning how to be uh, a king over extremely pretentious and um, uh, overly privileged assholes who are totally fine with treating the people underneath them yeah. economically as if they truly are under, like, beneath them. Yeah. 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 So, and bureaucracy is best, right? But I also think this is a good hint to what Marine is saying. They're not going to take this much longer. Yeah. Like, they're not... No. No. They're... He's changing their way of life, and yeah. they don't like it. No. He's he's making it legal for uh, high lords to be summoned to a magistrate. Yeah, I thought of that one immediately. You know, and he he's he's suggesting lowering taxes. Like, he's yeah. he's turning their world upside down, and they don't like it. Final perspective change in this chapter, back to Aguin. Backing up a bit in this chapter, or I guess in the time, this is as she's walking away from Rand's room. She's lost in thought by now about Black Aja when Matt strolls along besides her. He's silent and rude toward the world around him, and he's also very disheveled, but you know, it's just Matt. Eventually they speak, and Aguin points out that, hey, Nynaeve and I haven't seen much of you, and he's just like yeah i've been dicing and then he also points out you guys tied me up the last time you saw me like he you know he's still not comfortable around nice to die it's very clear and you know and it almost strikes me i'm like i wonder if they almost abuse it around him like it's probably so easy to bully him in a way yeah and maybe they it sounded like they needed something from his rooms or something but still so so we got we we got it off we get it right now off screen they went back to get the Amarillo's letter that they gave yeah. him in book three. And, um... Threw him in the air. And he was like, all you needed to do was ask me. And she was like, we did ask you. And he was like, <laughs> but you only asked me once. You could have asked me twice. <laughs> you know? Bless your heart, Matt. Eventually, this whole thing, him brooding next to her, he asked for some advice. Um, weirdly, at the same time, Aguina's is, like, ready to push him off a balcony into the gardener. Like, this is all happening simultaneously. She's just annoyed with him. Yeah. But he... And I think she specifically says, I hope he... If I push him off, I hope he would land on a gardener instead of the bushes. Right. But he's complaining and really wants the holes in his memory filled. Kind of back to that. Yeah. 
and why am I still talking gibberish? Like he's weirded out. What's what's going on with this old tongue? Out. People say it's old tongue, but to me, it just sounds like yeah. goobly glock. And also, I don't want to be crazy like Rand. <laughs> and then agreeing, Rand is not crazy. I really can't help this. Why don't you go to Moraine? And of course, that's no. He's like, not no ways to die. I mean, you're different. You're right. you're a friend, and from my yeah. village, and you're not you're not you're really not listening to, die, to me. But... I don't want Moraine. She's watching me. Um, Egwene then tells the most rash character in the entire book about the Tarangel basement, <laughs> the twisted doorway that can answer three questions. But be careful. Yeah, this is Matt Egwene. Yeah. You know he's gonna and go run. Don't do this you dare do this nights. without getting Moraine's permission. Oh my gosh! Really. Really a queen. And all Matt says is, no thanks, Tom Hanks, and makes a joke about it from the Billy story that actually a queen had thought before, too. There's some Billy story with yep. the doorway. I it, don't know if we'll ever get more context on this Billy fable, but... It's, it's kind of like when you tell the biggest gossip in your high school a secret, and it's like, yeah. now please, please, swear to me, you won't tell anybody. And they're like, I swear, I will not tell anybody. And, and the next day, people. everybody knows yeah. your secret. And you're like... It, I, it's, it's my fucking fault for trusting that person. but And it almost seems too... Con- Honestly, this is one of those... That's a little convenient that Egwene just tells them straight off. Because she's usually a little more stubborn than that herself. Yeah. Like, even if it was her bringing it to... Bringing Matt to it or something. Could it be a Taveran pole? Could it be a Taveran pole? Yeah, it could be. Uh, Matt insists, I'm not interested in that. Also, I promise I'm not going to leave this city. You know what? I'm just going to go play Stones with Tom. And throughout the scene, he's also winking at all the serving. Like, yeah. We know he's been and, getting and, around. And, of course, Egwene is judging every single one. She's like, know. oh, she was way too, way, way too old for him. I can't believe he would wink at her. And, anyway, I think he's off to find some loving and just keep thinking. Yeah. He's, but, he's, he's, he's enjoying his time in yeah. a place that he's not anticipating yeah. being here for very long. And he's, 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 uh, he's kind of like kind of hot shit because he's the friend of the Lord Dragon Reborn right. and, and yeah it, it makes sense that the serving girls would be maybe a little bit twitter pated with them you know yeah. and, and it, it, kudos for him for enjoying his sexuality anyway ends with the green thinking Matt will never change and I just think yeah so why did you tell him about a dangerous Turan girl? Right. But you got a point. Maybe it was his Tavirim pull who just got the right info to him. Um, but that's the end of the chapter. So this one was a bit more, we had three different perspectives, but just gives us a little more, I guess, context for what they're all up and about to yeah. before we really get into the plot of the book. Yeah, is what yeah, yeah. Say. So this is basically like, like uh, if you remember the beginning of um, The Dragon Reborn, it took us a while to get to some exciting stuff. Right now is that portion of the book. Like, these three or four chapters, like, the past four chapters, I guess, are, this, this is the slow part of this book. And then, because, you know, you've read this book. I have, yeah. And it's then gonna, we get, then we get, we, 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 and it starts pretty yeah. fast. It, it, I mean, of course, yeah, there are slower chapters weaved in and out, excuse me. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, it's, this book just moves pretty fucking fast, which is nice because it's one of the biggest books. It's one of the, the most word counts of all the series. So, so it's nice that it's, it's got a really nice pacing. It moves. It does. 
It moves at, really at, a, at, a, at a pretty high quip. Like I said, there are a couple of lulls throughout, but um, are you typing your uh, fuck, Mary kills yeah, right I got now? Mine. Okay, sweet, do uh, it. I have to fuck Gall just because he's so I knew hot. You, I knew you were going to. That's also cool. kind of a man. I mean, I know he's Aiel, but I won't deny picturing him with the more darkish hair. And he, it probably, I can't remember if it's described or not. That's just how I picture him because of those lashes. He he is described as a darker haired Aiel. Yeah. A lot of them are blonde, curly, and, but I'm he's just he's got he's got slightly darker hair. Yeah. Um, I always did. You ever watch Firefly? A long time ago. But 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 yeah. you watched it. Yeah. I when I was reading these, I always kind of envisioned the actor who played. The main character yeah. in Firefly yeah, that as would Gaul. Be a good one. Yeah. So he gets it just because he's hot. Um, Mary, I didn't have anyone strongly pulled to. So actually, I'm going to go ahead and say Moraine. Just because um, she's sticking with these teenagers. They're not doing what she wants. I'm not saying I enjoy how she, she's kind of bullying poor Rand. But she at least says why. She's like, I'm the one who's desperate because I've put 20 years yep. of my life to this. Yep. I'm like, good point. Good point. No, that I really describes where you're coming from. Yep. And we mentioned this last episode, but she, she knows this shit is real and this is not about five years from now. Yeah. Like, this is now. No, she knows it's, so, it's, it's about to happen. It's I'm, it's Mostly just given because she's sticking with them and I thought her whole, oh, I sent the pigeons to the Emerlin three days ago. Hilarious. I'm like, oh yeah, you're smart enough. Yep. Um... Kill Egwene. Sorry, Egwene. And it wasn't... I, I knew It's that. just holistically. I've already yeah. complained enough about her in this episode. But not a fan. I think what sealed the deal was just her refusing to realize Rand was being honest with her. And actually, that is a pet peeve of mine. If people don't believe me when I'm being honest, yeah. it's a strong pet peeve. Yep. I can't stand that. So I guess that might have sealed the deal for her in this episode. Yep, nope, I, I, I get that. Okay, so I'm going to do this fast because I've been editing our episodes and I'm like, God, I always take so long to do our Fuck, Mary Kills. So I am just going to come out of the gate and I'm saying I am going to... Um, you know, you took, your, you, you took my fuck. <laughs> so I got to figure something out on the fly. You know what? I'm, 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 I'm going to fuck Rand. He's trying. That is fair. And he was being civil. He's And he's... You know what? I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll be Rand's bottom for the night. Um, uh, I will uh, marry. Moraine um, was the obvious choice. Oh, that's funny. Um, so I will marry Elaine. Yeah, that's what I guessed you were gonna. Yeah, I'll marry Elaine. Um, yeah, the whole dolling yourself the whole emotional manipulation that Egwene comes up with a plan and then of it's course developmentally you, yeah yeah but no I it, she's she is a lot less irritating to read in these chapters than Egwene is truth um so so uh yeah I mean the other obvious choice would be uh uh Matt because he's he's just trying yeah. to figure his shit out but I don't know if I've I've married Elaine yet so I'll go ahead and marry okay. Elaine and then I will just straight up kill High Lord Milan, the one that um, was talking about how lowering taxes is a bad precedence because then when you raise them again, they're gonna. Yeah. And Rand's like, "Fuck you! Do you have any idea how food gets to your table? Like, do you have any understanding of the realities of how food gets to your fucking table? You 
piece of pompous prick. So <laughs> good call, so, very good call. So yeah, okay. so I'm I'm killing High Lord, uh, Maylin. Okay. And um, with that, I think that we've we're going to try and do another three chapters next week, yeah. which is really exciting. We don't normally do this, but I am going to do this for today because I'm so excited. The next three chapters that we are going to read. And I'm not going to lie, one of these chapters is not my favorite chapter of the book, but it's high up on my list. But the next three chapters we're doing are chapters 9, Decisions, chapter 10, The Stone Stands, and chapters 11, What Lies Hidden. And until then, everyone be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glee Man's Apprentice. The Glee Man's Apprentice is available on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Our theme song is written by Twitch Avery and performed by Andrew Bard of Time.